the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, welcome to show number 370. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Theo Gibson. Theo, nice to see you again today. Great no. to have you back on the show. <laughs> nice to see you. So you had a good uh, good break. You've been uh, EVing around the place. Yeah, yeah. I took it pretty easy, but we uh, got in the studio today and recorded our first uh, NZEV podcast of 2018. So that was pretty cool. Ah, fan- again. fantastic. So what is what is the the uh, big focus? Do you think this this year in the world of electric uh, vehicles? Uh, well, we, I, we were talking about uptake. We were kind of making our predictions for how many. Uh, EV registrations we're going to have this year. Oh, that could be an interesting yeah. discussion. So we've got a few estimations in there. So um, because you know it seems to be the uptake just keeps going up. So um, and and fast charging was the talk, and of course uh, fast charging and uh, autonomous driving. I think are the big focuses this year. Yeah. So for um, listeners that don't know, <laughs> you are you are the host of the New Zealand. <laughs> EV or electric vehicle podcast. Yes, yep, yes. So, so me and D West um, uh, host the New Zealand Electric Vehicle Podcast on Podcasts NZ. So, um, yeah, we do that uh, fortnightly, but we're going to try and do it weekly this year. So, uh, yeah, we just talk about everything electric vehicles and uh, sustainable tech and all that sort of stuff so uh, it's uh, a lot of fun so do listen good good oh no it's uh, it's always a always a good listen always uh, entertaining too <laughs> uh, lots there's lots that gets uh, dis- discussed in the in the show that you might not uh, no. necessarily uh, get to hear through uh, just reading uh, mainstream media no definitely not always technically accurate but uh, we, we, we we try to be in the ballpark um, uh, and 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 we do express our views on certain subjects, but it's the views that keep it keep it super interesting, yeah, as, yeah. as well as the facts. Of yes, course. yes, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Well, it's always good to have have you on the on the show. Oh, pleasure. And, uh, as a technologist, you uh, you tend to keep your finger on the pulse, and yes. uh, and and also have some some good opinions to share on what's happening in the in the world of tech. So. I thought we should uh, we should catch up again and dive into what's been happening. Now, there's a little bit more I want to discuss on CES, yes. uh, or what used to be known as the Consumer Electronics Show. But I mean, these days you can't really draw any walls around, you know, what it is and what it isn't, in, in many ways yes. because it covers so much that uh, ties into technology. There was a smart cities, a whole smart cities area this year. Of course, uh, electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles of all sorts of shapes and sizes and and kinds were were there again this year. In fact, uh, one of my friends highlighted on his Facebook page a vehicle that was running around his hotel. Uh, so inside his hotel, when he called for room service, he needed something delivered to his uh, his room, and uh, maybe he was short on towels or something, and they sent it up in a robot. <laughs> so I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. In fact, that may have even been the week ahead of CES when he was el- elsewhere. 
but there was certainly one of the hotels that was right by uh, CS, right next to, I think, Renaissance. Uh, but there's a, a few of these hotels around the US that have been trialing out uh, these robots. Wow. And, uh, and, in small quantities, I think they've said something like about 50 of them that have been in hotels over recent months. Yeah. And yeah, I think that sort of thing is a good simple use case for an autonomous you know, robot that can get yeah. itself a- around a, a complex uh, reasonably simply. It's able to get up and down the elevators yeah. and it doesn't knock on the door. Right. So it's got an interface into the phone system and yeah. so it actually rings you and alerts you that it's outside the room it's kind of creepy. so uh i thought well i thought in in some ways that's um I, well it's it's good because they're they're not just trying to use technology to do exactly what a human does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but they're thinking well actually is there another way of communicating and that that sort of you know make makes sense. Well, in a, yeah, in a every, way. every hotel so. usually has a phone, doesn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. yeah so nice. uh, yeah, it seems to make sense. In fact, and um, Selena and I were were in uh, a hotel. We've just spent the last four weeks in the in the US, and we just got back over the weekend after CES. And uh, yeah, there was um, you know some cutlery, something we needed, and Selena called called down and they said oh yep we can uh, get that to your room just be the uh restaurant delivery charge to get that up from the restaurant for you six us dollars um so if that's the norm i don't know whether it is across uh, hotels in the us they'd certainly pay off their robots probably uh (laughs) pretty quickly fairly quickly uh but the big benefit was just the speed of it because getting a person often you know you ask for something hotel even something broken whatever it is and you can be waiting half a you know half an hour for someone to show up at your room. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. They've, they've got a robot or two, they said the average time they're able to get things up to rooms about three and a half minutes. Wow, that's pretty good. So just gets it done. Wow. So has this robot got caterpillar wheels? Is that what we're kind of thinking to get around the hotel? It must have something like that. Um, I can't imagine it's like drone drone styles. It wasn't flying. No, it wasn't sort of like flying through the window or anything. Or, flying through you corridors. Know, yeah. Um, yeah, like one of those uh, window cleaning robots <laughs> that can stick to the glass and, you know, climb up and then spook you out at your window um, because most of the windows yeah. don't open in these bigger hotels. So um, that's probably why. They're, but no, they're just um, I'll, I'll have to find a, a picture maybe yeah, put up on the, on, the, um, on the post with this episode. But yeah, it's um, it's it's a little bit um, a little bit futuristic yeah, looking, but nothing yeah. nothing that's too scary as well. Yeah. And there was a, a story that I read that um, there was a family that were, were staying in a hotel where they had one of these robots and it delivered something they needed, and uh, the the young uh, daughter was so enamoured that she asked her mum to. Uh, take her down to the lobby so she could hug the robot. Um, interesting, interesting. So that that's, I guess, partly why they're trying to make them a little bit human-like yeah, yeah. so we don't get mad at them and, you know, uh, look for a way to uh, dis- destroy them. Uh, so, yes. Anyway, on to, on to other topics. Uh, this week... We have uh, Responder coming to Auckland, and Responder 
is the ship that you some may recall the uh, the media coverage at the beginning of November that Responder had arrived in Sydney to start laying the Hawaii cable. So mm. this is the uh, undersea cable that will run uh, Australia, New Zealand, and up to ultimately up to Portland and the in the US. Mm. So a little bit uh, a little bit further than uh, or a, you know a few hundred uh, um, miles further or kilometers further than. The other, you know, most of the other cables, which yeah. are uh, San Francisco, probably sur- further south, actually, um, that often often land in in the US. So, yeah, this is uh, visiting Auckland, and the cable that's coming is going to be a total capacity, apparently at at launch around forty three terabits. Wow. So, um, yeah, you you'd be able to. Download a fair few things pretty uh, pretty quickly if there was any way of tapping that <laughs> right back that. into your laptop. You know, if I, if only you could just you know get them before they put it live for the public. Just say, can yeah. can you give all that capacity yeah. to me just for one second? Actually, yeah. would probably be enough to download everything that you've ever dreamt of downloading. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to download something from Netflix. Oh, what did what did you download? All of it. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Get your own little local local cache. Um, so we'll have a bit more info on that coming up. I'm um, heading out on uh, on Friday to visit the uh, the the ship. They've invited a few people um, out. Uh, Claire Curran, the uh, minister of lots of things, uh, <laughs> including communications. I think is uh, that'd be a good title. Um, is going to be there and so yeah that'll be interesting the second time I will have been on one of these cable laying ships because mm. of course there was the uh, the ship that laid the uh, tan uh, tra- goodness me uh, Tasman Global Access Cable if I remember the name correctly uh, that uh, Spark Vodafone and um, Telstra uh, invested in, of course, that's now been in, in place for um, well, well over well over six months. That's mm. been uh, it's been operational, yes. uh, but of course, this is this is really the the big competition for the Southern Cross uh, cable. So I won't delve, delve too much further into that because we are um, expecting to to have more information coming up over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, on that, so um, we'll we'll look forward to sort of getting getting a little bit more from uh, from the the folks at Hawaii and um, giving some some more um, straight from the horse's mouth type uh, type detail. Now, I uh, I was on well, I've been on a few Air New Zealand flights uh, recently, <laughs> as as you know, some sometimes happens for me, and of course, flying to the US and then back with my family, and uh, we came back over the weekend on uh, on one of the refurbed uh, seven three, goodness, not seven three. What am I saying? Triple seven three three hundreds with their um, back to the the more normal uh, premium economy seats that they'd done. And uh, some of those planes have, I think they've got three planes at the moment that have got uh, Wi-Fi now that's been uh, been installed in them, and that's been running on a on a trial type basis as they've been testing it. And I've had uh, um, one or two interactions with, with with people that have been involved in that. Uh, I actually completely forgot about it on the flight. I had uh, reasonably bad cold and uh, wasn't really thinking about uh, Wi-Fi. 
Um, but uh, Steve Biddle, who was on the show last week, who is one of the other people who's involved in the Travel Talk uh, New Zealand or Travel Talk NZ uh, online community, uh, he was flying back from uh, from Los Angeles uh, 24 hours after I was. And, well, he um, he managed to give the, the Wi-Fi a bit of a go. So if you're interested in that, go to traveltalk.nz and there's a full detailed write-up uh, from Steve around his experience. I did a little Skype call with him while he was on there and uh, it's fair to say that the latency when you've got uh, internet communications going via satellite uh, plus via Europe um, <laughs> because that's where, where, the, um, where the signal comes back down down to uh, means you don't get a great a great sort of experience but yeah. technically it did it did work we were able to uh, we, were, we were able to talk re- well not real time we were able to talk in, in a delayed fashion over Skype the delay seemed to be a little bit too much for uh, Facebook Messenger yeah, right. uh, so that was what we started and, and just tried that but when he tried to call me, I tr- tried to call him. Uh, basically, we would never get a co- we'd never get a, never connection, get a connection. Even you 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 accept the uh, the call, and I imagine that was just to do with the uh, the the latency, the the time it took for those communications, and uh, uh, Messenger wasn't having a bar of that. But but Skype seemed to uh, uh, seemed to be smart enough to uh, to handle it. Probably the big uh, the big thing that. Steve's article uh, highlighted for me and his experience highlighted is the performance, mm. which is, is in current sort of terms is, is pretty slow. So, you know, I think the very best that he mentioned he was able to get in terms of data transfer was at around three and a half uh, megabits per second. Yeah. And most of his, his speed tests showed lower results than that. Now, the I guess that the I'm I'm and I've sort of been pushing in New Zealand along on having somebody come on the show. We've had someone from Air New Zealand on the show before, but someone to talk around uh, Wi-Fi, and it had sort of been sounded like it was all going to happen um, last year, and it didn't didn't we didn't quite manage to connect the dots. Uh, so we're having another try on that. So you know, I think it would be good to understand what the realities are, whether if and when this this sort of thing could improve, because the article that uh, I think it was Stuff put out last year, I remember we sort of challenged. It looked like there were there was maybe an inaccuracy or two there with some of the numbers that they were uh, that they were talking about. And um, just having a having a look, if I can find that one. Um, I think there there was reference to thirty megabits per second per seat on on one particular uh, that, reference yeah. in that 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 article, and so. If, if people have got fixated on that particular number, which we challenged at the time anyway, based on the, the total yeah. uh, bandwidth being av- available, um, then, yeah, I think it, it's it's worth being... Um, uh, hmm, 
how how do you put this? It's um, <laughs> look, there 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 obviously there's you know there's a lot of expectations that we have of broadband on the ground that just aren't going to be met in the in the sky. But I'm yeah, hopeful yeah. anyway. Air New Zealand could come and maybe give us a little bit more more detail Info. around the work they've done and. Uh, the testing and and maybe you know what how how else they might use Wi-Fi and whatnot, um, but at at the moment it seems very clear that these connections aren't really designed for streaming video over, whereas some of the earlier things kind of uh, that were com- communicated uh, rightly or wrongly suggested that uh, wi- Wi-Fi in flight from in New Zealand. Might well be suitable for uh, for 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 videos. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now on to on to our next topic. Uh, I thought it was, it was just just worth mentioning a new story that came through. People get scammed all the all the time, um, unfortunately, and <laughs> yeah, this technology is is often. In this day and age, becoming a yeah, a part of that picture, and it was it was quite pleasing to to read uh, on stuff about a, an eighty eight year old woman uh, who was almost scammed, and she'd gone into um, the New World in Havelock North to buy $1,200 worth of iTunes uh, gift cards. She had somebody uh, that had been on the on the line basically uh, scamming her. And, uh, yeah, they, they realised this didn't really add up and were able to involve the police and uh, solve that uh, situation. But the, the challenge with all these different things is there are so many different types of scams. If, you, you know, if you've got particular people in your family who you think might be uh, susceptible, it can be quite hard to it can be quite hard to you know, know what yes. what and how to uh, to communicate about these things. So nice when you know in this case someone from a retailer was able to step in and and um, actually yeah uh, address this one <laughs> and it mentions that she had they rang up saying she had what six thousand of unclaimed pension but needed to provide a itunes gift card i don't quite see the link there but you know some people just fall for that don't they yeah yeah i mean to you and i it doesn't make sense but when you put people that are in yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it is a little. It's a little bit hard to uh, to put those bits and pieces yeah, together. Yeah. But and you know, especially when you're as suspicious as you and I. Yeah, um, <laughs> dealt with it a lot. Now, yes. share, share what you shared with me uh, before around a, a call you had from Google. Oh yes, yes. So I recently had a call from. Uh, uh, I've, I've placed a, a an ad in AdWords, and it was just a test ad. I hadn't put much budget on it. And I had a call from someone from AdWords going, hi, look, I've been assigned to your ad. Um, it's not performing very well. Um, I'm, I'm basically going to help you out um, making it perform better. And what sort of size budget had you had you oh, it was put nothing. per, per I think day? It's like 5 or $10? Yeah, like or nothing. It was minuscule, like $4, $4.50 or something. And I was just running a test just to see what kind of results I would get by putting in certain words. And so it didn't didn't line up with you that they would be investing their time yeah, I didn't as, quite as a, Google to help you yeah, out? Yeah, I was like, 
why would they do that? But I was claiming in a uh, you know hundred dollar bonus you know voucher gotcha. that you get. So it kind of I kind of went oh well maybe you know they don't want to waste their money you know kind of thing you know so if I put a bigger budget on there whatever they'll get a bit more money. Anyway, so I talked to this person and they seemed to be legitimate. After a while, I didn't hang up on them instantly. He said, look. I've been assigned to you. I'm going to be dealing with you for the next 90 days. I'll call back in two weeks. We're going to optimize your ad, see how it runs for two weeks, come back. This is how the ad system works. And he explained how AdWords works. And I was kind of going, well, he seems to know what he's talking about. Still seems very weird that I would get assigned yeah, someone. Yeah, get this random call out of the blue. And they're calling um, from the other side of the world. Yeah, and but, it, as well, but right? it, was a, it was one of my kind of uh, startup things I'm working on. So And, it, and it's quite a... Um, yeah, I guess you'd seen. He said, "I've look. I've, I have some clients who sell similar services, so I can help optimize the ad. You know, I know yeah. what work." Yeah. yeah. So he pumped in a whole bunch of words into my ad, and I had to do multiple, like send this link back, do this thing, da 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 da, give him access to the to well, not give him access, just allow, sign a document saying yes, you can, I can work with you to optimize yeah. your ad. Yeah. Um, uh, and he goes, oh, Google, they just make you sign so many forms, you know. <laughs> and, and he signed it and he optimised my ad and it is performing much better. And yeah. so I think it was legitimate. But, you know, I still very much questioned it, you know. Yeah, and, and I guess that, you know, that's the flip side, isn't it? Although when we see the, some of these cases that come through the media that just seem ridiculous. Yes. There are, we, we, we can, we're often the other way yeah. and being too suspicious. Yes. And and you know, for certainly for good reason in in, in some cases. Yeah. But yeah, it can take a while to be convinced. Is this yeah. does this make sense? Yeah. Is it legitimate? And you yeah. get the you get the bank person that maybe calls you and they're from an unlisted number and then they start asking for a look, you know, we need to confirm your who we need to be speaking with, so give us your birth date and so yeah. on and yeah. Yeah, you go. Hold on, this this doesn't make sense for me to give out to somebody random that I don't know. Yeah. I haven't initiated the call. Uh, all sorts of confidential uh, details. So yeah, it's always a a, um, a, it's a a slightly challenging one to get it to get it right. Yeah, I think I think now I think about it. What sold me was that he called me from a New Zealand number and quoted something from my account yes. instantly and knew who I was. There was no kind of prove who you are. Or anything like that. Yeah. In none of yeah. those scam questions that you yeah. normally get. Yeah. So that, that mm. helped you get get a bit more confident. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, Spectre and um, Meltdown been causing, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of attention for not just for Intel but for a, a lot of um, a lot of you know companies uh, and systems that have been impacted. It's just you know these are these are really wide widespread cybersecurity uh, issues. I saw an article up on Forbes that was talking about, and this isn't the usual sort of go to, I guess, that I look <laughs> for uh, um, you know for tech fact, but there was um, they'd collated some details together uh, from. Uh, you know, num- number of people around performance hits and and bits and pieces like that, and uh, yeah, there was some some rough numbers there. There was one case where it was uh, quoted where uh, someone was was talking about a performance hit in a very uh, very specific case 
of up to 42% hit with these uh, cybersecurity fixes. So yeah. uh, kind of interesting. I haven't uh, haven't heard any sort of figures like that from any of my team at Gorilla. I've only just got back uh, to the office my, myself yesterday. So um, yeah, just, just you know, feet hitting the ground, uh, but certainly been making uh, sure and keeping a watch on that, uh, you know, devices are getting patched from uh, from phones through to uh, laptops and servers and the and and the like so yeah this is, uh, this is a pretty interesting one uh, I imagine that there'll be there'll be more to, to talk about over uh, over the coming weeks and months but it certainly looks as though we're not anywhere close to getting away from uh, cyber security risks and uh, security uh, flaws being uh, being a, a problem for everyone, basically. <laughs> what a nightmare! Oh, it's just ongoing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, now on to um, on to CES. I thought we should just uh, a few things, and I you know I don't want to uh, um, spend a huge amount of time on on CES, but. There, there were a few interesting things that I think I alluded to but didn't get a chance to talk about the Evone or EV1, E-V-O-N-E uh, smart shoes <laughs> that, I, that I saw. And what got me um, interested in, in this is I'm, you know, I'm very interested in innovation and I guess there's lots of different ways that innovation happens. And I'm, of course, working on the new uh, podcast this, this year uh, called Disruption Playbook that looks a lot about how innovation and disruption uh, happens and, and talking to a lot of people. And I spent a little bit of time w- with um, with the guys uh, who are releasing these shoes. And the curious thing there was their, their company is something like an 80-year-old company <laughs> The shoe company, they sell about a million pairs of shoes a year, uh, but they've they've realized that the world, you know, is continually changing and they've got to get a foot into the into the tech world uh, to ensure their, their future. And so this is a gamble on their part to see is there interest in doing some, you know, unique things with shoes. And uh, what they've done is basically putting sensors into shoes, and most of us will have will have seen the uh, the first generation of smart shoes. I'll call them smart shoes; they're not very smart. Um, my son Pablo has some that we found while we were in the we purchased while we were in the US, and uh, these shoes are, um, I guess, the biggest claim to fame of them for me personally is that they. Uh, you can recharge them with a USB cable, <laughs> so they re- you you plug in your US uh, micro USB, and they even came with a USB splitter cable, so you could recharge both of them at once. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I I th- you know I, I know I thought that was quite cool for a twenty dollar pair of shoes, uh, but these shoes that the only there's really nothing smart about them. They've just got a button on them, uh, and you can flick between different flashing leds on the uh, on the shoes but um pablo was uh, he was blown away with them and wanted you know whenever he was around other kids he wanted to show them his shoes <laughs> i'm not sure that they were as interested in his shoes as he was but um they actually pretty cool and um yeah so that was that's kind of i guess the first generation of powered shoes that we've uh, that we've sort of seen recently other than sort of the uh 
the technology that was on uh, Wallace and Gromit. I think there were some. Wasn't there some <laughs> shoes or were they pants? There and were shoes? pants. Yeah, but there might have been some shoes. Yeah, but there, there's some there's some interesting <laughs> tech here that into wearables and um, you know that cross into the real world as we were starting to get now with with technology that may or may not be useful. Uh, but the, uh, the the Evone shoes their their first use case was around elderly who you know, often uh, maybe live alone or in some sort of isolation within say a um a retirement village those sorts of things and what these are geared up to do is basically to catch a situation where there's been a fall and then alert the through carer, yeah. through um yeah through a iot network mm. so rather than a usual mobile network and so on special iot network the networks they used are not actually available in, in new zealand mm. but kind of uh um in, an interesting approach and i start i saw that with a number of products mm. coming out of the uh coming out at ces are using a um, a non-mobile network, but a, a a mechanism for doing uh, Internet of Things type communications, mm. and there seems to be quite a bit of coverage of these networks. And of course, in New Zealand now, we've got uh, both uh, Spark and Vodafone. I can't remember what two degrees are doing, who are taking different approaches that will use their mobile networks for. Uh, Internet of Things communications that uses you know small amounts of, of you know power and, mm-hmm. a, and a low bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 shoes for this particular use case, uh, they talked about a six month battery life. Wow! And then you would just change the uh, be like a watch battery that you could just you know switch Swap out. out. So uh, interesting. Mm. Um, on a subscription, I think it was uh, thirty euros a month, and then once a year they would send you a new pair of uh, you'd get a new pair of shoes as part oh, of wow. the uh, part of the arrangement. So I thought that was uh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I mean, I, my my grandfather, uh, my mother's father was one hundred and three, and he you know he's, he's one hundred and three, so he does fall over from time to time. And generally, it's when of course the carer is not with him. And it's always Murphy's good to know it. these things. Yeah, yeah. So whether it's worth that much, and usually people have maybe a button they can press yeah. or something as well. But uh, look, you know, I'm I'm just interested in the different approaches. And then they've also gone down uh, a track of dealing with other situations where there might be. Um, a need to, to uh, track a wearer. One is for those that are hiking. So, mm. and, and we did a bit of that while we were in the US. As uh, you know, num- number of you know, canyons and areas that we uh, we went to, and uh, you know, around Yosemite is a place you can do a whole bunch of walking. And uh, Zion National Park, which we went to, which was stunning. When we were in Zion National Park, there were, I mean, definitely places where you were right on a cliff's edge. Yeah. And, I mean, if you were hiking on your own, uh, for other family members probably wouldn't mind having that peace of mind <laughs> of of just knowing that you're okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that the that mechanism would alert if somebody has a uh, has a fall, and uh, you know GPS and again these uh, IoT type mm-hmm. communications questionable whether they're going to work in all the places that you would need mm. and the other use case they talked about was the um what's the term i think it's lo- lone worker 
um, scenarios where you know maybe it's a security guard working working on their own and so on, mm-hmm. and certain certain things that it might pick up for uh, in terms of an incident, whether it's the person moving outside of the area they're supposed to be patrolling or working in, mm-hmm. uh, or a fall or or, or some other uh, incident. So yeah, it's it's. It's curious to me, anyway. Although I'm not, I'm not sure about those particular use cases, but I'm, I'm very interested in, in how uh, firms are working to, uh, to innovate and, uh, and stay ahead of the play. Now, talking around innovation, um, I got to meet the, uh, the CEO of Kodak, um, and of course, you know, Kodak is the firm that is often referred to when we talk about disruption, uh, be- because they're. Uh, business model of of selling film has been so heavily disrupted by digital and there have been you know a, a lot of innovations from kodak over over many years but they're they're very much a you know a shadow of their their former um selves and they've jumped into a, a couple of interesting uh, areas. Uh, some work with uh, launching a, a cryptocurrency with a, an initial uh, coin offering coming up. Um, although the, the, what they're looking at doing there, and, and I have to actually clarify that, and there's another area they're getting involved in, um, in uh, cryptocurrency as well, um, is that most of these, uh, if you want to call them innovations or new things from, uh, from Kodak that I noticed were based on partnerships and licensing agreements. Mm. So it wasn't as though these things were actually coming out of the core of Kodak uh, more they were external companies that realized that they would get a bit more attention if they attached uh, the Kodak name to their brand and mm. also some benefits for Kodak mm. and uh, haven't looked today but uh, for a while their Kodak shares were up um, 100 to 200 percent following the these announcements so it's interesting that when you tie uh, blockchain or crypto type things to to a a brand and there's been a few other Mm. uh, cases it can have a real uh, a real big uh, impact on uh, share prices so but there were there were yeah there were a number of interesting things that um, that I that I saw there and um, yeah, I've been. Um, it looks like I'll do an interview there with uh, with Kodak C- CEO uh, at some stage during during the year. We didn't uh, end up managing to make the uh, the, the scheduling uh, work during um, during CES. Uh, that got thrown out by a little power glitch during CES. Oh, really? Uh, where the the main uh, show floor, which is uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is yeah, absolutely massive. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you've got heading in the direction of 200,000 people that attend CES so. now. And uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center is the main location, although it's also spread out over uh, various other convention locations at, at hotels and so on around around Vegas. So yeah. um, not just in that location, but they have the, uh, uh, the South, Central, and North Halls and the... Um, Large majority of the central hall got hit with uh, with a power outage uh, mid, mid midweek, uh, no. which uh, yeah just uh, um, turned things to custard for for a while, and it was yeah it was kind of 
kind of a, a funny thing to think of a, a, a tech event <laughs> without power and you know basically not something that they really accommodated no. and planned for and, and we and we geared up for Did you just, uh, very well at all actually <laughs> Did you just hear lots of uh, UPS uh, beeping uh, going off all over the convention centre well I mean, if there had been some sort of backup systems, right, some uninterruptible power supplies to keep a lot yeah. more running, it, it would have, you know, might have been a lot better. <laughs> um, the media area that I went into during that time uh, had very minimal lighting in it, and there was gear off because it was attached to that uh, that central hall. And uh, yeah, they, they, they are areas they were able to uh, get by, um, but you know, some some areas not so much so the main hall they most closed down uh, most yeah. of it there were some broadcasters that sort of kept uh, uh, podcasting from a dark studio <laughs> and a, you know, a few other bits and pieces that, w- that went on um, yeah so yeah, c- kind of interesting um, uh, one area which I, I didn't have in my notes here but that has fascinated me for a long time we have talked about it on the podcast is, uh, is wireless power and I met with the um, with a couple of the people from the wireless power consortium and they were at CS probably from the very first year that, that I went which must have been I don't know six years or so ago and uh, they've always had this booth in this same place sort of between these uh, between the, the, the halls and, a, and an upstairs spot and you know it would be showing off uh, to start with it was showing off some wireless charges there were a very small number of phones that did wireless charging but there were people that had invented things you could plug into a usb port and a sort of attach and that would make your phone wireless mm. you know work on wireless yeah. charging and so on <clears throat> this year they've gone uh, as far as they were de- demonstrating uh, and and of course the, the pictures changed because there were there were originally three factions on wireless charging. Yeah, and we're now down basically the wireless power consortium. Yeah. So you've got you've got one industry body that's working together, yeah. sort of like you do around Wi-Fi. And, yeah, uh, so on. There's you know everyone's working together, and that really changed last year when Apple joined the consortium and then released the iPhone uh, eight eight plus and the iPhone uh, ten. Yeah. And that that was enough to really solidify it, and so the the you know the whole sector has has come together and had some interesting discussion with them around innovation and that type of environment where you've got all sorts of competing entities that are also partnering up and working together, mm. uh, but also got to have a little a little look at the next phase of where they're going as an organization mm. and so now that the the charging of low power sort of smartphones and so on is catered to it's it's now things that you know i've seen demos of in the past i think we've talked about on the show in the past like uh laptops so they had a laptop that was sitting on a kitchen counter that was able to uh, able to charge in mm. position um and then they show, well, what are the other possibilities in a kitchen-type mm. scenario? So if you think of all the gadgets mm. like blenders and other bits and pieces oh, yeah. and actually rice cookers and things like that, um, that, that sit in a kitchen, but... Um, they take up space and cords and everything else. Them in every time, and then it gets tangled with the toaster. And <laughs> well, they're looking. That looks like that will be uh, that stuff will be simplified. And there was already uh, one brand that was sort of you know pre standards, but yeah. it had launched. I can't remember what brand it was, but it was sort of 
Daewoo or something. I think it might have been a, um, a South Korean. It was definitely a no. I can't remember what what brand it was, uh, but they showed a couple of their you know existing products, mm. and uh, yeah, one of them was um, uh, it was uh, maybe a blender type uh, type thing, and you moved it into position, and uh, oh, wait, yeah, wait. well, wait, it was quite noisy. I was trying to record a podcast, of course. <laughs> Uh, doing an interview with with uh, one of the members of their team, and uh, of course, someone in the background decided they needed to demo this and, and try it out. Uh, but really, it's it's good to see that that stuff keeps moving moving on. And yeah. you know, as we know, with technology, some of these things take many many years to come to fruition. And so there was there was certainly some discussion around around that where we are with wireless power now, what's yeah. next, and. Uh, you know, of course, we will see things continue to improve, faster wireless charging, and and then these you know bigger things yeah. and and through to cars and the like of of course as well. So um, yeah, that was that was good to get a little bit of a, a refresh on uh, table tennis playing industrial robot. That was kind of. Hmm. It was kind of a favourite for me, actually. It was um, <laughs> it was geared up, had all these uh, had all the table tennis balls. It could actually sort of get it the out of its sort of stock of balls and and do a serve and uh the, was it you know, playing against another robot uh no another person oh. so and and the way they sort of uh talked about it was a, a robot that could help improve your your table tennis right. playing uh it was very good very good um, could it like hit a table tennis ball through like a brick wall or anything like that was it quite kind of powerful um, that would be that would actually take it to the next level, wouldn't it? We might have to suggest that to them for ne- next year's uh, demo, uh, because certainly the the technology has a bit of strength to it. Yeah. Um, now the the big thing that we sort of expected for CES was smart speakers and things that are incorporating smart assistants, you know, Amazon's Alexa, the Google Assistant, having these things built in and. They were, you know, really all over the place, and uh, the um, the monorail there in uh, in Las Vegas was, you know, plastic wrapped in basically uh, Google Assistant type, uh, you know, branding. So I'm just yeah. saying, hey Google, and yeah, this stuff. So you couldn't miss what uh, what Google were doing. Amazon, Amazon Alexa stuff was everywhere as well. Um, I'm not really sure where this is going to end up in terms of how many ecosystems end up playing, but I've got to say, um, it seems like Microsoft have missed another trick. And actually, Apple, I don't think will have as much of an issue because they're so, you know popular with consumers um but while i was in the u.s oh need to press the microphone button for five seconds to start setup again okay that's um that that's that was cortana just uh jumping into the discussion (laughs) i just picked up um while i was in the u.s uh a new device i hadn't tried before which was um a cortana based smart speaker from uh, Harmon carden and uh these i think have a retail of about 200 uh u.s dollars very very uh very nice uh device uh but what was 
really just being pushed the whole time I was in the US were um, both Amazon and Google selling their uh, their smart speakers and you walk into just about you know any sort of retailer Walmart included and there were stacks of these <laughs> things on the on the shelves discounted to try and uh, uh, you know, win, mar- win market share, and they were both fighting it out, and millions and millions of these things sold. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that I did ahead of uh, ahead of Christmas was I decided that where where this stuff is going, I don't entirely know, but I want to make sure that my team at Gorilla is you know really getting it, and we're getting a picture on where these might fit in, both from a consumer perspective and a business perspective. So, um, so I bought Amazon Alexas for uh, for the entire staff. So um, those got distributed yesterday when I and I got back, and uh, yeah, needless to say, people uh, people seem actually really interested in mm-hmm. playing with the technology and and getting a handle on how it might suit them. Of course, we've had you know voice access to. Uh, you know, varying things for for some time, and you know, we tested out on the on the podcast. I think you know, probably very very close to when it initially uh, became available. The uh, the first Amazon uh, Alexa, and of course now you know we've got uh, uh, Google Assistant being built into phones, but also available as a smart speaker. Apple not too far off with uh, with their, their offering speaker, as yeah. well. So uh, I, you know, I think this year is going to is going to be huge on uh, on this voice assistant mm. stuff, and also smart home things. We t- we've talked a lot about over a long time and tried out different things, Ring doorbell, and um, uh, I, I saw some of the folks from uh, from from Ring while I was there as well. And and I mean, there were so many other companies, uh, Samsung with their smart things, but. It seems like we're now starting to see these technologies tie in together. So you will be able to, you know, pick one bit, one thing, and it will work reasonably well with another. Um, But then you've got companies like Ring that are trying to build, whilst they'll work with everybody else's stuff, they're trying to also build a whole solution. So Mm. they'll be coming to the market uh, with much more than just their video doorbells, which of course they've got their floodlight cams and other things now. Uh, they've got new uh, lighting uh, coming out, little strip LED lighting and other bits that'll be able to light up if if somebody walks into a, oh, a, cool. a zone rather than it just being a floodlight that comes on. Uh, and then I think later on in the year, they will re- release a full sort of home alarm type system as well. So you'd have an end-to-end type uh, solution. Mm. Uh, so all all sorts of things uh, happening from that front. Uh, saw some demonstrations with um, D-Link's technology, which was their their uh, things like a, a smart power switch for turning on and off a fan or some lights and bits and pieces like that. Those being controlled through uh, through um, Google okay. uh, Assistant. And um, but you know very very similar capabilities and you know in fact matching in a lot of cases for mm. what you can do with with Alexa. So we're going to see these things really t- you know tie together uh, quite quite nicely going forward. Be interesting to see if the stuff evolves and so you can say Google unlock my car, you know, and whether it can you know actually talk with other devices on that level in the future. Well, I think that's what we should expect, right? Mm, and uh, yeah. and I think it's. It's it comes down to well what can, what can you dream of yeah 
and what makes sense yes. and then a lot of those things happen some of them uh, you know I guess have taken a very long long time to to come and mm. I you know I remember thinking yeah, ten ten years ago, around oh yeah, well it, it just would be obvious that your smartphone will know where your next appointment is, and you know, let you know when you need to leave, and ask if you want it to fire up, you know, directions to take you there. Yeah, um, we've only seen that sort of stuff really come on in the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly, and work. Yeah, <laughs> to a uh, level. <laughs> so it's yeah, interestingly, some you know, yeah, some bits and pieces do do. Uh, take some some time to get it. Now mm. we were talking about Microsoft and sort of missing the boat with mm. their uh, uh, Cortana stuff, which of course you can sort of make work in New Zealand, but it's again not officially supported mm. here. Um, I you know I grabbed the um, the Harman Kardon speaker to to have a play with alongside the other ones to see how it all works, and of course it'll be alongside the Apple product soon. Mm. Uh, but it, it does seem as though this is this is another case where you know Microsoft had the resources but haven't managed to work Make out push. how to really get it right and how to win the consumers over as well with Katana. Now, I don't think Katana Cortana is necessarily going away anytime soon because mm. it's got all sorts of business uses and, uh, you know, they tie it into Skype and, you know, r- uh, right through their sort of ecosystem. Yeah, just like Apple has done with Siri. I don't see why they c- couldn't have just done the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of, yeah, just their presence at CES and their success getting into lots of products it's not really quite at the level you would uh, you would expect they did finally an- announce the the launch with uh, and I can't remember the partner now but it's a, uh, a big air conditioning um, company a very fancy sort of smart thermometer and control that's all voice control and it's got a display and uh, caught having Cortana built into that but I mean, it's just there's just so few things that are being announced with with that technology. Uh, it's it's very disappointing, and it sort of reminds me of what they did with streaming music, where you know I think some of that stuff they were they were ahead of Spotify, but Spotify just came in and, and crushed them. Mm. So uh, they they seem to do well on the uh, uh, enterprise business type things and just keep working away and making those things work. Mm. Um, but they don't seem very good at uh, the speed that's needed to uh, to get in and to to win over the the consumer. Uh, market in in a lot of cases these days. Mm. That's my thought. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? You think Cortana has a has a good life uh, ahead of it? Well, as you say, there's just nothing. You can no devices that support it, are there? So I mean, you can't get it out there. And it would be nice if it supported New Zealand as well. That would be quite helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. Yeah. Uh, but look, I would use it if it, if it was use, if it was out there to use, I'd give it a go. You know, I mean, you know, the, the speaker you've got in front of you now looks looks like it's built well and it sounds pretty good. You know, um, it's visually nice. It's visually nice. I like the little top. graphic on the top there. You know, I would I would ha- quite happily use it, but you know, I think I think they need to be able to integrate it into more things. It's just mm. what needs to happen if they're going to make the use out of it. Yeah. Well, an exciting year ahead anyway, as you know, as far as moving to voice communications, which, yeah, I mean, uh, stuff's been years in the making. We've yeah. always talked about being able to talk to computers and, of course, actually the convenience of talking to your laptop, your main computer varies mm. and 
there's certainly been a you know a good um, chunk of, of uptake as we've seen Siri and smartphones and uh, Google Assistant and you know for me over quite a yeah quite a long period of years I've used uh, voice recognition in the in the vehicle going back to uh, Windows Phone which was was certainly the first that had. Uh, a, any sort of uh, good capability for use in the phone, mm. able to have text messages read to you and then dictate replies back, uh, and of course that stuff's just a you know just a given and is mm. very 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 normal these days. Uh, but these smart speakers that uh, you know retailing at under a, under a hundred New Zealand dollars and uh, um, you know often coming in at at a, at a chunk less than less than that mm. uh, you know really make it possible for people to spread these things around around their homes and um, uh, I was chatting on uh, on Facebook with um, Angus Norton who's been on the show uh, before ex Microsoft now with Amazon and uh, yeah he was telling me he's he's got them yeah right around every room in his house I think <laughs> and that seems to be a pretty common yeah. you know, common scenario because this yeah. is your speaker that you listen to your podcasts yeah. on uh, you listen to music on it you you know ask it different bits and pieces you get things you know added to shopping lists and I mean the the, the uses of them will just keep growing they'll uh, they will, I think, become fairly, uh, fairly typical things ar- ar- around, you know, everyone's homes, and yeah. Um, yeah, giving them out to the team here, it's in everyone had sort of a different interest in how they mm. would use them. Uh, yeah, Greg, who's on the show, sometimes says, oh, this will be great for my mum. She's, uh, um, you know, not a- as able now that uh, she's older to, mm. to get around as much, and so uh, you know, being being able to ask uh, Alexa to maybe turn some lights on or turn mm. a fan on, yeah. or, you know, to just do some of those simple things uh, without getting up, be, be really, really useful, and the ability for uh, him to maybe call her. Uh, or vice versa, because you can call between these devices very easily. Yeah. Also, very you know, very interesting. So, oh. um, yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, tell me, because I, I haven't used one of these, the, the you know, the Amazon devices. Um, if you've got multiple devices in a home and you want to play music, can you can that be piped out to every device on that in that house? So, there's still a bit of work to do on yeah. on that. Uh, on that front, mm. so I'm I'm not aware that they've they've got that you know that functionality be yeah. because obviously that crosses over with um, some audio you know specialist yeah. uh, uh, products and yeah there, there's there's a potential for uh, um, I guess making that sort of multi multi room sound become a lot more ubiquitous mm. as well right mm. when uh, when you just talk to a smart speaker and say hey you know put yeah. this on put it on in the lounge yeah. the kitchen and the bedroom yeah. or bathroom exactly. whatever and you've got these speakers and yeah. I mean the um, the <laughs> the Alexas and the Google Home Mini they were um over, over some of the time I was in the US, they were they were virtually giving them away with how cheap they were. So yeah, yeah, the idea of actually putting them in every, every room, room in the house is you know not not really uh, not really yeah. a problem. Well, hopefully, they develop that a bit more. So when my son Hugo is a teenager, I can just say, play in Hugo's room at one hundred percent. You know, uh, paint it black. Uh, you know, uh, to wake him up in the morning, it'll be great. He'll love it. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, and and I'm sure we'll come up with a 
uh, a few other interesting uh, use cases. So maybe next time we, we talk, I'll be asking you what you what you've come up with in yeah, terms yeah. of other ones. But I, I like that one. Um, <laughs> Yes, there, 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 there could be some good and bad sides to uh, to this te- technology. We already um, think I'll, of the uh, the tricks you could play. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that has uh, changed, and this this is a sign of uh, good sign of competition. Uh, Google has supported multi user on on theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe from the get go, but Alexa have had that now for a few months as well. So. Uh, it's not you know not just tied back to um, to a one one individual now. So um, I'll certainly myself and 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 you know all of the team at Gorilla will I'm sure be putting them through their paces in mm. different ways. So over the next few uh, few months, we'll certainly talk about some of the interesting things we've found. Uh, but I'm hoping by having that you know everyone everyone on the staff um, you know take one home and and have their own one to uh, to play with that will come up with some uh, some good use cases and i'm just trying to work out a little bit of a a contest to uh, to motivate them to come up with uh, uh some ideas as well um but i'm i'm sure there's going to be some good stuff <laughs> all right well um i think that's probably about it for this episode isn't it we've uh, we've covered a fair bit of ground been great Nice to catch up. Nice to be here. Always good to talk tech and <laughs> uh, and good to talk electric vehicles when uh, when the opportunity arises. Exactly. So um, you'll have an, a new episode of the um, New Zealand Electric Vehicle Podcast online this week, is it? Yeah, that's that's the plan. So um, yep, we'll, we'll be back up and at it. So yeah, do tune in. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, um, thank you very much, Theo, for Pleasure. joining the show. Now, Pleasure. where do people track you down on online? Uh, best place is um, NZEV Podcast on the uh, Facebook page uh, on Facebook, or um, if you want to get in touch with me personally, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, just Theo Gibson, or you can get me through the EV Builders um, Facebook page as well, or EVBuilders.co.nz. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. People can track me down, paulspain.com, uh, Paul Spain on Twitter. Uh, feel free to um, to get in touch and connect via LinkedIn or, uh, or Facebook. And you can certainly uh, reach me via email. There's a contact page there actually on, uh, on paulspain.com if, if you want to get in touch. If you've got suggestions for guests that we should be having on the show this year uh, or if you think you would uh, have something to contribute, uh, then certainly, uh, certainly get get in touch. Uh, we've got some great guests that will be coming on over the next uh, few weeks ahead, and some some other ones in the works for uh, for later on during the year too. That should be uh, should be pretty cool. So hey, thanks everyone for supporting the show, listening in again for 2018, and we'll catch you all again next week. See ya. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.